to the Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. And back with you live at Big Island Spa. Don't forget the grand opening. Write it down. May 25th. How fun is this? A Hawaiian luau party. Authentic Hawaiian food, live music, dancing, door prizes. That's on May 25th, but the doors are open now. BigIslandSpaSTL.com is their website. 1300 Washington Avenue, massage, foot massage, facial, yoga. They've got it all right here at this beautiful location in downtown St. Louis. 590 The Fan, Martin Kilcoin here until 1 o'clock. Brian Hoffman, Matt Rocchio alongside. And I mentioned this before the break, our weekly visits with Tony LaRusso. And you can... This is terrible, but I'm always told how these things work. I guess you can find it at iTunes or Google, wherever you get a podcast. You just type in Tony wherever Talk. you get a podcast. Is that fair? Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Or on Ask Danny Mac, the Danny Mac. Scoops with DannyMac.com. You go to that website, but if you want to subscribe, that way it just comes to you. It's every Thursday we release a new segment. And we're trying to talk about current headlines like bat flips, which maybe tomorrow we'll talk about Tim Anderson who's the White Sox player that likes to pimp it a little bit. He Good said, for him. But he said he's the Jackie Robinson. Yeah, a better way to put it. Of a new era. There's, a, like, there's a different trendsetter you could yeah, use for this sort of thing. Yeah, I don't think the guy who broke the racial barrier and put up with all that crap, because you like to flip your bat, you compare your – this quote's not going to hold up there's well. There's a better example you can use, I feel like. Uh, but a lot of baseball headlines each week, and some nostalgic because Tony's been around for a long time. This week, in fact, he talked about knowing Carlos Santana. The relationship with Scott Rowland, how it got strained, uh, whether Tony ever played an instrument. Because I said, you love music. Did you ever play anything? He actually says he was in the elementary band. <laughs> uh, but we were talking about Mike Schilt and getting the job and people criticizing it first, saying, eh, the Cardinals, that's a big job. You need a big name. I heard people say that. They had Whitey Herzog, Joe Torrey, Tony LaRusso. You can't just have a Mike Schilt. That's... And my theory was you're you're a no-name. To be fair, we kind of felt the same thing about Matheny, too, right? you got to go for Terry Francona. Oh, that they settled? Yeah. yeah but he still he had a name. Like, Schild, everybody's like, who's this guy? Here's a photo, by the way, of Tony LaRusso shaking the maracas at a Santana concert. <laughs> I'm going to need that photo. <laughs> what I need to find is him as a kid playing the cymbal. He said that's what he played. <laughs> this is in September of 2011, so they're in the middle of trying well, that, to okay. get back in the playoffs. Well, he tells a great – I'm telling you – it's not just a shameless plug, even though it is. If you listen to these segments, there's a lot of side stories. He tells the story. That's got to be at the Fox Theater. And Carlos Santana gave him a special necklace and said, wear this. And LaRusso said, I did the rest of the way. Turned out pretty well. It did. So Carlos Santana's magic necklace was the key. More than David That sounds Freese. like a band. Yes. Carlos Santana's magic, magic. necklace. But we're talking about Mike Schilt and how he's kind of a no-name. And I said, when you got the White Sox job, you're in your early 30s. I'm sure people in Chicago thought you're a nobody. And, in fact, he said, well, it did come up, and it was Harry Carey who was calling out the hire. When I got the White Sox job, because uh, I was a player coach for two years in their system before my last one, um, I don't imagine the minor leagues parts of two years, and they gave the big league job. And I can remember that, uh, that everybody laughed about it, but it Harry Carey, who was not a big fan of mine because he didn't think I had the credentials, would tell everybody the only reason that I was the manager of the White Sox was that Bill Vick was too cheap to hire a real manager. 
<laughs> so uh, a lot of fans thought that that was that made sense, and uh, it probably did, as a matter of fact. But you know, you have I think with Mike's case, the thing that we like so much about it, as opposed, if you look at a lot of the name guys who have had legitimate big league careers that are getting chances to manage without a lot of experience or any experience really uh, minor league coaching or minor league managing, you know, that's it, really hard for them because you have to get, you have to get experience at actually pulling the trigger as a manager. And that's one thing, you know, Mike worked his way up through the system and was, you know, he was the boss of all those teams as far as making decisions about what the lineup was, you know, when to push offensively and when to handle pitching. So I think Mike really uh, is a throwback in a way because it, you didn't used to give able to get a job in the big leagues unless you had enough minor league experience to prove that you could handle it. Now, did you and Harry ever you ever talk about that, joke about it years later when you were somebody? No, I was not a big fan of Harry. I thought he was uh, – I thought he had a lot – you know, and believe me, this is hard to say because he's not alive right now. But, you know, he had one side to the fans where he was like their, their, their guy, but he was very critical and he would pick out – Lambs, people that were struggling, and then he would just embarrass the hell out of them. And the fans say, "Hey, tell it like it is." Well, meanwhile, he he made a career of that. So I, I was not, am not a fan of his. All right, and one day I'll tell you that when we have more time, I'll tell you the story. He called me a rude young man. It, that's a whole nother story. Uh, as a compliment. Congratulations. <laughs> now, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, him calling Larusa a bad manager, or you know, he's only there because he's cheap. That's wrong. Him calling you a rude young man, I could actually see being true. Yeah, that now, I've heard the story, but I can see just in general, just an umbrella term. Yeah, to be fair, I probably deserved it, <laughs> and maybe Tony and the Schiltz of the world do not deserve it. You can I, tell he paused and just he had to gather his thoughts for a moment right around here. No, I was not a big fan of Harry. I thought he was uh, right there. He's like, okay, uh, I got to scale it back, clean it up be, a little yeah, bit. He's, you know, the guy was. Considered a legend in broadcasting. He's passed on. Don't want to be smirched the dead. And I think the point he was making there is the fans love it. If you go after a player, you act like you're not a homer. But if you do it, it's, he said lamb. I think he's saying like a lesser player. It sounds like Harry Carey was a Twitter user while broadcasting a game <laughs> back in the 80s. I loved Harry as an announcer. I don't know the guy. I didn't work for him or, you know, didn't manage the team that he was broadcasting. So I don't know that relation. But fascinating. Uh, check it out. Scoops with DannyMac.com. The latest Tony Talk is out as of today. The Derby, the Run for the Roses, coming up on Saturday. It's become an annual event on this show to talk to Joe Seitz. And Joe Seitz is uh, part of Brookdale Farm. Not the, Brookdale Farms. This is correct. Singular. If Brookdale Farm. In fact, I should be tweeting them out that he's going to be on the show. And his family's been in the horse business for years, and he has become our Derby insider. In fact, Jim Regna of Triad Bank a couple of years ago was driving to the Derby and heard our clip, and he said, all right, I'm writing down your buddy's recommendation. Huh. And I think the horse placed or something. And how much of a cut did you get? None. Okay. I think we got some gummy bears from Jim out of it. <laughs> and then Charlie ate them. Charlie ate those. But we, uh, <laughs> we pick up the conversation here. We talked yesterday. It's right before the news came out that Omaha Beach, the favorite. This is like three hours before they pulled him. Yes. Omaha Beach was the prohibitive favorite. That horse is out of the field. So we pick up the conversation with Joe Seitz talking derby after the Omaha Beach conversation took place. You got a couple of horses who are kind of right there in the mix in terms of the odds. Game winner roadster right behind do you like either one of those horses oh yeah they're both great they're coming from the west coast uh both of them are trained by bob baffert who trained 
um, the, la- the two triple crowners, one true triple crown winners, one last year and then one three years ago, Justify and American Pharaoh. And that's the first time in 38 years that we had a triple crown winner. So he, he himself trained both of them within the span of three years. So he knows the Derby really well. I believe he's won it six times. Just scanning the odds, I mean, we don't have anybody at two to five or any prohibitive. We've seen a couple of times in recent years where there's one horse that everyone thinks is going to win. Is this field pretty wide open? Yes, it's really wide open, and it's it's really solid, too. There's been very few defections and injuries. It's just it's it's really sound, a real good, solid, deep group. It's going to be hard to bet. Okay, the horse, War of Will. There's a connection here. What I always want to tell them is, from Brookdale Farm right there in Versailles. You guys are, of course, in the horse breeding business. Tell me about the connection here. Okay. Um, War of Will's sister is that we own her with some partners here at the farm. So since we're breeders and we produce offspring and we sell those offspring at sale typically, it would be a big deal if War of Will were to win this race because it makes his sister worth uh, worth a lot more. It helps the pedigree. So it's fun for us to have a rooting interest like that. So War of Will, the number one horse, the first post, what if War of Will just shows or places? Does that also mean more money? Oh, yeah, it certainly does. First, second, and third matters. It's, it's one of the few sports in the world where we are excited for second place. It means a lot to us if that were to happen. Does War of Will have a chance? The most recent odds I saw, 20 to 1, but tell me about that horse. Well, he got injured in his last race. He came out um, the Louisiana Derby a little bit off just with a muscle strain, and he's back to top form now. But when you miss these major derby preps, it can really set a horse back because it's a lot to ask them to go a mile and a quarter at this time of their lives. So they really need every race. So he's coming from a position of just basically trying to catch up. And the one hole... When there's 20 horses all breaking abreast when, with the one hole, you kind of can get buried on the rail unless you really gun it and get out front. But then you have to hold your speed for a mile and a quarter, so it's a lot to ask. All right, as we sit here, we're still a couple of days away, but weather is obviously a roll every year. It seems like it's always raining right around derby time. What's the forecast? Friday is supposed to get a lot of rain, and then it's supposed to taper off by Saturday morning, and we're certainly hopeful for that because last year was terrible. When Justify won, it poured all day long, so we'd sure love to see a nice shiny sky for the big day. Now, the recent Triple Crown winners, does that help the sport or does it hurt it? It's kind of like the Cubs who were always chasing a title and it, it took on a certain lore of its own. But now that it's happened, is there is that good for the game, do you think? Oh, yeah, it really is. Um, whenever anybody's talking about you, whether it's good or bad, it's a good thing. So it's always great to have some good news. And a Triple Crown winner is what everyone aspires to. Anybody, even the casual fan, everybody knows that phrase, Triple Crown winner. So we'll take one every year if we could get it. Joe Seitz from Brookdale Farm, also a, a proud Marquette alum. We always get gratuitous Marquette mentions on this program. They need to start paying five ninety to the fan. But let's let's look at some of these long shots. There's a pair that I see at fifty to one. Tell me about Gray Magician. Uh, all right, Gray Magician's coming from. Um, he ran over in Maidan, which is Dubai. He ran second, and it's a two and a half million dollar race over in the desert in Dubai. So my feeling is oftentimes those horses have a lot to bounce back from. So I'm not putting a whole lot into that, but I could be surprised. And then Master Fencer, and by the way, I didn't tell Joe ahead of time, you need a break out of every, we're not going through every single horse, but I like looking at the longest of long shots, Master Fencer from the 15th spot. Okay, he's a Japanese horse. He has never run in the U.S. or in the continental U.S., so he's um, coming over from Japan. They started a program where you could actually win qualifying points in Japan, and, and these people are taking 
that, that Churchill Downs up on it, so they're bringing one, which is wonderful. It's really global and international, and it's fun, but I, I wouldn't know what to tell you about this horse. It's it, it's a total unknown for me. All right. You mentioned Bob Baffert in the field. How about uh, Wayne Lucas? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if Lucas got one this year. Uh, let me is check it? quickly. No, it doesn't look like Big Daddy Wayne's in this time. No Big Daddy Wayne. Okay, what about the claims? You were telling me the claims horses. Okay, yeah, there's an interesting thing that can happen in horse racing. We have different levels of races. You have uh, top-graded stakes races like the Kentucky Derby and and quite a few like that at the top end. Then we have allowance races, which are um, not quite stakes races. And then claiming races, which means the horses are eligible to be purchased out of the race. So when a horse, when they're when they're going to the post you can drop a claim on that horse. You can, if you have a cashier's check for that, that amount of money and a trainer, drop a claim on that horse, and then when they break from the gate, you own it. No matter what happens, you own that horse. So that means it's kind of almost like a, uh, like a marketplace for racehorses, and people trade horses all the time this way. Well, there are two horses in the Derby this year that actually ran for a claiming price, ran for a tag, as we would say. One of them ran in his first start as a two-year-old last year for $16,000, his name's Maximum Security, and he went on so far. He's earned $649,000, and he's 10 to 1 in the Derby. And there's another one named Tax, who ran for $50,000 $50, back in September last year, and he's earned 320000 and he's the two-horse, and he's 20 to 1 in the Derby. So it gives everybody some hope. It's, it can, they can come from anywhere, Martin. And so at that time, so somebody actually bought it for 16000 somebody bought it for 50000 that's how it works? Well, one of them did get claimed. Tax, the number two horse, he did get claimed for 50000 in October. But, sorry, no, he got claimed for 30000 in September. But the other one that ran for sixteen, nobody wanted him that time. And they just let him run. He broke out of the gate. He won his race impressively by nine lengths. Thankfully to the current owners, he did not get claimed. But he was up for sale, and you could have bought him for $16,000. So, so the owners of Maximum Security, if they happen to win the Derby, they can't say, we've always believed in this horse. We knew <laughs> they can't. Like, no, you could have had him, okay? We thought he was a bum. He was available, and we got really lucky. It's, I'm telling you, it's the same story. We've mentioned it all the time. Kurt Warner ends up being a Hall of Fame player. Before he got to playing for the Rams, they exposed him to the Cleveland Browns in the expansion draft. The Browns didn't want him. But I'm I'm saying to all my friends at Rams Park at the time, if you really thought he was that good, you wouldn't have let him be taken by another team. How about Joe Seitz? Where's your money going on race day? Any any my little insider team. tip? Uh, I think it's probably not. It's a little bit chalky, but I'm going to bet on Tacitus, the eight horse. He's 10 to 1, so he'll pay a little bit. Uh, he comes out of New York. He won the Wood Memorial, which is a nice big prep race up at um, Aqueduct in New York. So that's that's mine. Tacitus, folks. This is all just, of course, for entertainment purposes. No wagering encouraged on the show. Hopefully, Schwartz, Cheval, Kevin Williams, the uh, St. Louis Marquette Mafia is listening. That's Joe Seitz, Brookdale Farm. Find him at brookdalefarm.com. Joe, great to talk to you. Enjoy the Derby. Thank you, Martin. One last thing before you sign off, buddy. There's a, there's a horse named Win Win Win, and his by his father is Hat Trick. So I got to give you a little shout out to your Blues this year. It's been fun following them. So there might be one for you, hockey fans. Oh, I like, and we've got a win, lot. Win, the, win. For, the former coach Joel Quenville loves to play the ponies. Keith Kachuk, a former Blues player, loves to. These guys are probably all over it. Win Win Win, perfect for a hockey crowd. The Hat Trick, Win Win Win. Joe, thanks so much. You got it, Martin. Good luck. All right, there's our annual Derby preview. Joe Seitz, years ago, was we were in college. He's a little younger than me, I would say. Who's who's at your farm? I sound like Frank. Who's at the farm right now? He's like, let me call my dad. 
Oh, John Forsyth is there right now from Dynasty, famous actor at the time. And I said, well, so what do they do? They walk around and they decide what horses they want to buy. And, of course, it's all about who the father was, the mother was. And, boy, if you get a horse, like he was saying, that they could just be connected to the mother of a winner, then all of a sudden, or the sister, whatever he said, will the prices will shoot up. The Derby is one of the – I've been there, but it's been a long time since I've been back. That should I've be, never oh, been. I you got to go. go. That's a bucket list. Oh, although it always me. rains. Oh, man, it's always raining, it seems like. Go in the yard, just get hammered. Oh, it's – the year we went and we were parked on the back rail, and still you had to have a good pass just to get back there, and we sat out and barbecued and everything. I remember pulling in the parking area, and you're paying to get in, and there's a guy next to us in his town car who looks miserable. And I'm like, it's the Derby. She made a great one. It was Bobby Knight pulling in at the Derby. Yeah, I could see like, that. What up, Knight? <laughs> I would say. He'll grab you by the shirt and yell at you, Martin, if you do that. Put it on the bucket list. It is, uh, it's worth it. All right, well, uh, no, we're not coming back. We're going to do the end of the day. The end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. Martin, I saw this right as the show was ending yesterday, so it's a day old, but who cares? Because it's, news it's to right us. down your alley. This is your bailiwick. Dwayne Haskins has been granted Joe Theismann's number with the Washington Redskins. Your thought. No one's worn seven since then. It's the first player to wear seven since Joe was quarterback. He's been given permission. Theismann, though I'm not sure if Theismann can say no necessarily, but he did say he okayed it. Well, Theismann's not a Hall of Famer, and it's been a long time. One of my big beefs, the backest thing, the 42 that went to Delzado. Is he still Delzado? Has he yeah. appeared yet in the playoffs? No, no, but he's here. He's here. But <laughs> he's here. <laughs> he's here. And it was nothing against him. I just thought, eh. And a lot of people said, hey, it's been a couple of years. Get over it. My window is you need a, a period of time where that person's been gone, and then the person replacing them, has to have some decent value. What's the statute of limitations? It's arbitrary. I make it up as I go. But okay. with Joe Theismann, but Joe Theismann, it, he hasn't played in three decades. Yeah, it's been a while. This guy's a first-round pick. He's not some street-free agent who said, I really like the number seven. So I'm fine with it. Theismann's not a Hall of Fame player. Legendary Redskin, for sure. But I think it's fine because time has passed. They told him about it, but also he's a first-round pick. I think this... My arbitrary standards, this this passes. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Cardinals, Nationals, and I have a, I have some gambling insight about Ooh. how successful the Cardinals have been this year, but do you have a prediction? We have kind of a getaway day lineup against a very good pitcher. Your thoughts? Mm. It'd be hilarious if they won today. Well, with the, the getaway lineup, still has Carpenter, Wong. Ozuna. But so the Jerkos of the world not hitting a ton right now. Weeders not playing a ton. I don't even know. Is he like one for three on the season or something? Uh, probably due to lose a game. You've won five in a row. You've won three in the series. That sounds like wet blanket material. Eh, probably lose four three. Okay, that's fair. Gordon Oddshark. Martin, if you had bet $100 on the money line, for every game. This was entering last night's contest, so it's I'm sure it's updated to a degree. I'm not sure by how much. Is it every game of this series? Of this season. The Cardinals, season. from the beginning of the year till the beginning of last and, night. And a certain co-host of the show may have done just this. <laughs> you would have made $786.83 already. The Cardinals, the most profitable Major League Baseball team right. on the money line this year. Besting, and it's weird, I think, because the expectation was the Cardinals to be 
pretty good. The number two team, the Diamondbacks, low expectations. Number three team, the Rays. I think they're playing above what people expected. Rangers, Twins, Mariners, Padres are four through seven, all expected to be varying degrees of bad. The Brewers are eighth, Tigers ninth, expected to be bad. Blue Jays tenth, expected to be bad. I feel like of those teams listed, the Cardinals probably had the highest of maybe them and the Brewers, the highest expectations entering this year. So it's odd that Vegas maybe not so high on them on a day-to-day basis. I like to uh, check their GAR, which is a gambling above replacement. Oh, that's a good stat. And I think the Cardinals' GAR is really strong like this year. Is it, you, want to, you want to patent it? Yeah, I like that. Make it into a thing. Gambling I mean, above replacement. Because we're not... Ooh. Total stat nerds on this show, but we like gambling, so that's a good way to roll it all together. That is a good way of doing it. What are they on pace to win? 105, 106? I mean, oh, they're, boy. So they're I 20 mean, and 10. Two thirds of the way, I mean, two right. two thirds of their games are wins. So, at so 150 games, that's 108 a, win pays. 108? Okay. And over in the next 162. Yeah. 108. Can they keep it up, folks? Yeah, maybe not 108. Maybe not, but not I to think, be a wet blanket. But I think trending up and definitely. nothing has been too fluky. I mean, in Marcelo Zuna and left, now we kind of giggle when he's at the wall. When he wasn't hitting, it was annoying. Now that he's hitting a ton, his antics and left are kind of entertaining. It's kind of funny now. Yeah. it's amazing how we even danced it last night. Well, thankfully he didn't have to go up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's always an adventure. And uh, Paul Goldschmidt still, I think, some in something of a. Of a slump and another. He was mad at the home plate umpire last night. A lot of players were mad at the home plate umpire. What was the K count, though? Remember our Scherzer? That was our big question. Didn't Strick change as he said, I'll go eight. It ended up being eight. eight. And he didn't right. get a strikeout until the third inning. I think we set it around nine. Eight or nine, yeah. He kind of he kind of got screwed in that first inning because Robles dives for the ball. Yes. Could have kept it in front of him potentially. Could have caught it, I guess. And then they had the drawn in infield. With second and third, I didn't really like that. And then you end up giving up two runs instead of one there. But it has the, to be positive. If, you know, the Cardinals are winning. They've won five straight. In those five games, Goldschmidt hasn't homered. He doesn't have an extra base hit in those five games. You received very little out of Matt Carpenter, and you're still right. putting up enough runs to win. No, everything's, everything's going well. It's fun to watch, and you're getting contributions from different people. The night they won on Tuesday was 0 for 16 between – Carpenter, Goldschmidt, Ozuna, Molina. Then last night, those guys go 7 for 18. So on any given night, you're getting contributions from different people. Okay, real quick before we wrap, Big Island Spa, how about some Hawaii trivia to wrap Ooh, up the I show? Like Martin, did you know that Hawaii is the only state that grows coffee? I did not know that. Yeah, that according to 50states.com, the only state in the union that grows it. I also learned on this eclectic show, it's the only state the Stanley Cup trophy has not been to. Really? How about that? Kona coffee beans, by the way, are fantastic. Whole bean roast. Uh, and from east to west, Hawaii is the widest state in the United States. I'm guessing that contains all the many islands. Okay. East to west. Where, where else are you going to go? We're going to get a Blues breakdown, a Cardinals breakdown. The Stanley Cup trophy is going to show up, and we're going to have Hawaii knowledge. And finally, more than one-third of the world's, world's commercial supply of pineapples come from that state. That's the end of the day. That is the end of the day. If you want some pineapples, head over to Schnucks. Yes. They've got fresh produce, everything you need at your neighborhood Schnucks. Make sure you download the rewards app. You can do your shopping. Uh, put the list ahead of time on your phone. You can order your Mother's Day flowers on your phone and make sure those rewards points are piling up every time you check out you got a little money waiting for you at the register that's the way the rewards works we'll be at a neighborhood schnooks next week we'll continue the world tour charlie tuna i believe at a schnooks tonight he continues his thursday tour 
with Chuck Tuna. Schnooks, one of our great sponsors here on 590 The Fan. The hard line is coming your way next. Thanks to everybody here at Big Island Spa. Check them out on the web, BigIslandSpaSTL.com, and stop by this weekend next week and get mom, your wife, anyone. Get that gift certificate for Mother's Day, which is fast approaching. The hard line is coming up next here on 590 The Fan. Congratulations. Bring it.